and welcome to the Wicked Things Podcast. The story you're about to listen to is called Small Town Kids. If you like stories like Stranger Things, The Goonies, or The Explorers you are gonna love this. Afterward, feel free to drop by our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages or even leave a little message below. If you really enjoy our content check us out on Patreon. All the children in Mrs. Ryder's class watched the clock, hopeful that lunchtime would arrive sooner rather than later. Mrs. Ryder glances around the room past her open gradebook, taking notice of the children not doing their work, her sight fixed on Clancy, sweating and struggling to keep his arms up. We've got more than an hour before lunch. Everyone get back to your essays. You hear me, Ava? The rambunctious ten-year-old still kept her nose resting on her desktop to avoid any more punishments placed on her friends for her actions. Ava whispers, Mean old witch, I bet even your shadow hates you. Ava spots movement outside the schoolhouse window nearby. She turns her head to make up the thing moving around outdoors. The frost and condensation make it difficult to see through the window, causing it to cloud in spots. All she can make out is a faint, small, black and brown dot bounding through the snow. It has rescued her from boredom, but the black-brown thing hops around the far corner of the school, taking it out of her sight. Carl finds his attention drifting beyond the school window near him. A puzzled look takes hold as he spots the tiny black and brown thing crossing the courtyard. Gotta be a dog or a cat to be out in this weather. His eyes grow large, filled with shock. He grabs Willow by the arm. Willow demands answers for interrupting the lecture being given by Mr. Paulson. She turns to face Carl, shaking her head, exaggerating her mouthing of the word, What? Carl thumbs over his shoulder. He tries to whisper, but excitement and terror have him. Sophie! Willow's shoulders drop as exhaustion fills her emotions, seeing that her younger sister Sophie has followed them to school. The weather has caused her nose to turn red and run with colorful mucus flowing down her chin. Carl, you have to go get her. I will take notes for both of us. Carl sighs aloud. Mr. Paulson pauses his lecture to look at him. What, Carl? Carl grabs his crotch, shifting from side to side. He manages a convincing pee-pee dance. I need to go. Mr. Paulson passes Carl the yardstick adorned with the bright green letters calling out his name. Go on, just don't forget the hall pass. Hurry before you pee your pants. Carl grabs the hall pass as he rushes out into the hallway. Darn it, Sophie, why today? The wonderful smells coming from the cafeteria fill the hallway. His stomach rumbles. He touches his belly and glares toward the courtyard exit door. Carl scans the halls as he sneaks toward the exit door. His keen eyes looked for signs of the red-haired twin hall monitors and safety patrol members. Seeing no signs of them, he rushes past two long corridors and grabs the exit door handle. He smells the body odor given off by the twins long before ever seeing or hearing their arrival. Great! What do you two want? Glenn and Gary stand shoulder to shoulder, blocking out much of the light before reaching the exit door.
Gary steps forward as Glenn taps his tin badge pinned to the neon orange strap hanging across his chest and riding above his round belly. Well, well, well. Glenn, what do we have here? Looks like Carl was about to sneak out, but wouldn't that make him a rule breaker? Carl notices Sophie chasing the black-brown dot across the courtyard. He turns back to face Glenn and Gary. Look, jerks, just write me up already. There is a little kid out in the snow, freezing. We need to get her inside. Sure, sure. Carl, we never heard you use that excuse before. Right, Glenn? Gary turns to Glenn, watching him flip through his notepad for Carl's excuse. Glenn looks up and shrugs. That's a new one, Gary. Gary stands next to Carl, looking through the window in search of the little girl he was talking about. After several half-hearted passes, he sees Sophie. Holy crap! There is a kid out there. Carl, go get her. Glenn, go get the principal. I'll get Mr. Paulson. That's Willow's little sister, Sophie. Carl forces open the exit door, setting off the alarm. Snow piled up outside makes his opening of the door more difficult than expected. He spots Sophie standing at the edge of the school's courtyard, facing a wall of trees covered under heavy snow. Her voice did not travel far due to the snowfall sound, dampening silence. Kitty! Carl shakes his head, hearing Sophie's belief that whatever she's chasing is a cat. That didn't look like a cat, Carl said, slipping between the heavy metal doors into the snow-covered school courtyard. The door to Mr. Paulson's classroom bursts open as Gary stands, trying to catch his breath, given his recent physical activity. Mr. Paulson and the children turn, staring at Gary in shock at the sudden interruption. Gary points at Willow. Sophie, outside, Willow. Mr. Paulson and Willow leap to their feet and push Gary aside as they rush into the hallway. Willow announces, Sophie, not again. Where's mom? Please catch her, Carl. Mr. Paulson yells to Willow as he waddles as fast as his legs will carry the obese man. What does Carl have to do with this? Willow and Mr. Paulson stop at the open exit door, seeing the snow falling to the hallway floor. Willow turns to her teacher. He was covering for me. We saw her outside, but I didn't think you'd believe me. Again. Glenn steps into the front office, alerting the staff to his presence as he leans down hard across the counter. The staff jumps out of their seats, seeing the young, overweight boy out of breath and in distress. Glenn waves off the older ladies, saying, Principal Garrett, Principal Garrett, there's Willow's sister outside in the snow on the courtyard. Principal Garrett opens the door to his office, connecting to the front office reception area. Sophie, are you sure? This is the third time this month. He gestures for the receptionist to call her mother as he thrust Gary into the hallway with himself close behind. Call her mom, Sarah, and if she doesn't answer, call the police. Sarah nods, accepting her orders as the principal rushes out of sight with Gary close behind. Right away. Carl plows his way through the snowfall to reach Sophie. She points at a spot in the high-packed snow once he stands next to him. He narrows his eyes, trying to focus. He can see a dark patch under the snow, but cannot make sense of what it might be. She grabs Carl's hand and squeezes. Carl, Kitty! Come on, Sophie. Why me? Carl, Kitty! 
Fine. You and Willow owe me if it bites. Carl shakes his head in disbelief at what he is about to do. He kneels in the snow and takes a deep breath. In an instant, he thrusts his hands into the snow, trying to grab whatever it may be. Carl feels hair. No fur. A young licking him. He grabs the creature and hoists it out and above the snow. He chuckles. Are you kidding me? Sophie's eyes widen and a smile takes shape on her face. She runs to his side and takes the small furry animal in her arms. She hugs it, swinging from side to side as the black and brown furball licks her face. The school doors swing wide open as Mr. Paulson, Principal Garrett, and the red-haired twins stand in the doorway. Carl leads Sophie back to the adults by the wrist. He points for Sophie to go with Principal Garrett. He points out Sophie is wearing a thin t-shirt and leggings with no shoes. I couldn't just let her wander around in the snow. Look at her. She'll catch a cold. Or worse. Principal Garrett, Willow, and Sophie head to the front office. Principal Garrett nods to Willow. What happened this time? Why was your sister out there, in this weather? Willow exhales, dropping her shoulders and gazing at the floor. I don't know. When I left this morning, she wasn't even awake yet. Dad had already left for work. Mom worked last night, but Mom and her sleep until around 10 during the week. Principal Garrett opens the door to the front office, motions Sophie and Willow inside. He points at Sarah, the receptionist. Sarah, let Willow use the phone to get her mom up here for Sophie. Sophie hugs the little black and brown furball in her arms. And Phoebe. Sure, yeah, whatever. The dog, too. Not a dog. She's a Phoebe. Okay, okay, Phoebe, whatever. Sarah hands Willow the phone. Willow takes a deep breath, hearing the first ring from her home phone. Mr. Paulson stops Carl outside of the classroom. He sits down on a short wooden bench and motions for Carl to have a seat for a moment. We know you did the right thing, but sometimes the lines between right and wrong can blur. You should get a medal for saving Sophie. The corners of Mr. Paulson's mouth pull down into a frown. He lowers his head in shame. Carl sees his teacher struggling with something. Carl asks, Detention? Mr. Paulson nods. Sorry, it's not my call. In the world I come from, the family always comes first. But yeah, Principal Garrett wants you in detention. Saturday. The moment gets interrupted by the school's first of two lunch bells. Carl perks up. Both he and the teacher enter the classroom to prepare for school mealtime. The lunch bell rings, signaling all the children in the small middle school it's mealtime. Each of the school's classes lines up according to where their name falls. Moments later, the halls filled with children being led in lines into the cafeteria. This smell of rectangular pieces of school pizza fills the hallway and lunchroom. Ava, Clancy, and Zach stood in a line across from Carl, Willow, Mike, and June. The twin lines enter. One turns left, the other turns right. Each line traces an outer wall of the cafeteria, arriving at the back of the lunchroom. The students leave with trays in their hands between the two lines. After entering the lunch area, the students may sit with friends and family. 
Ava, Clancy, Willow, Mike, Zach, June, and Carl fill a table on their own. June taps Willow on the shoulder and gestures to the staff table with all the teachers and special guests, Sophie and her puppy. Oh man, what's she still doing here? Mom must have fallen back to sleep. Willow walks across the lunchroom and stops next to her little sister. Mr. Garrett, I'm sorry she's still here. If you want a break, I understand. She can sit with us. Mr. Garrett glances to Sophie as she says, Willow, take Phoebe with you. Mr. Garrett glances to Sophie as she says, Willow, take Phoebe with you. Mr. Garrett rolls his eyes. He exhales and waves for Willow to take Sophie with her. Seeing Willow take her sister by the hand to lead her away, he notices Phoebe sitting clueless on the bench next to where Sophie was sitting. He clears his throat, pulling Willow's attention. Take the dog, too. Sophie snatches Phoebe into her arms and sticks out her bottom lip in disapproval. Not a dog. She's a Phoebe. Carl shovels a spoonful of macaroni and cheese into his mouth. He notices, glancing up from his plate, seeing across the school parking lot, two sheriff deputies' cars and a large box-style panel van with the logo of Avon Laboratories painted across it arrive. He chews and watches as four deputies accompany a man wearing a pressurized, sealed suit carrying a small rectangular box with a cable leading to a long steel cylinder held in his opposite hand. Carl nudges Mike with his elbow and gestures out the window. The two boys watch as the men approach, following behind the man in the sealed outfit. What do you think that is all about? Mike shakes his head and shrugs. He takes the last bite of his pizza and wipes his hands on his jeans. No idea. Do you think it's about Sophie or Ava? Who knows, man. I will not tangle with deputies, though. Carl watches Sarah from the front office walk to Principal Garrett's side, whispering to him. She points to Sophie and the dog. Sophie, Ava, and Willow obsess over Phoebe, petting and loving on it as they approach the table Carl and Mike are sitting at. He leans in and whispers to Mike, That can't be good. Carl looks at Willow with a stern gaze. He points to Sophie. You need to get her out of here now. I think they're here for her. You two cut out behind me. Ava, do what you do best. Start a problem and then catch up with us. Willow and Ava nod, understanding their roles. Principal Garrett walks to the exit door, opening them to allow the men from outside in. They speak with staff and principal. The cafeteria children watch Willow, Carl, and Sophie exit into the school hallway, but get intercepted by Glenn and Gary outside the lunchroom. Eva grabs a lunch tray and throws food at a nearby group of kids. The cafeteria explodes into a riot of flying food and debris. Children cut loose, hurling food at each other and school staff. The principal and staff hold their hands up to deflect incoming leftovers. Ava celebrates, but flees to avoid capture. Glenn and Gary scowl at the children entering the hallway. Well, well, well. Rule breakers. Write them up, Gary. Glenn and Gary smile as they draft their detention slips. Carl jumps into action, seeing the twins drop their eyes to their booklets. In a burst of activity, he pulls down Gary's pants. 
Ava slips out behind Glenn and kneels. Carl pushes him over. Having the hall monitors distracted, Carl and his friends flee, seeking an exit. The friends rush down the long and empty school hallway. They stop to grab their backpacks and coats. Willow leads them to the courtyard exit, as it has not been reset yet. She knows they can slip out without being noticed. Sophie pulls on Willow's shirt to get her attention. She points at the small dog running away. Willow! Phoebe! In the cafeteria, Mike watches as the men with the devices wave them around the room. The staff struggles to stop the food fight. He sees the men point in the direction his friend left. He uses the commotion to get past the principal and staff. Mike sneaks out of the cafeteria exit as the men entered through. Darn it! They're going to need me! Carl and his friends sneak out of the building into the snow, determined to leave school grounds without further incident. Sophie points at the little dog crawling under a gap in the fence, surrounding the educational compound. Carl! Willow! Phoebe! Sophie and the kids reach the fence line and start crawling under, one by one. Carl stands at the last, trying to lift the bottom of the fence enough to let the others escape. Mike rushes to his side. Sorry, Carl, but those guys are after Sophie or the dog or something. But either way, they are following you guys. The last boys catch up with their friends. Everyone gives chase to Sophie as she continues to call out for Phoebe. The energy and determination in Willow's little sister surprise the friends. Sophie follows the trail left behind by Phoebe, passing beneath the tree line surrounding the small town middle school. Clancy and the rest stop to catch their breath, panting. He looks at Willow. How'd she know about these trails? Nobody but my dad and his friends ever come out here. Willow gulps in air, her chest burning as she sucks in cold air. I don't know. Do you know where this leads? Eva straights up, resting her hands against her hips. Sure, Clancy and I come out here to play war all the time. She points away down the trail. Yeah, Mill Pond is just down that way. Clancy, Willow, and Ava look at Zack in expectation. In unison, they gesture to him. Well? Zack forms a puzzled expression at the three. What? Willow says, Don't you work out with your dad? He's in good shape for the army. Are you holding back? If you can run faster, go get her and the dog. Zack takes off like a shot. The others chuckle, seeing just how much they were holding him back. Clancy clears his throat to speak, but Ava cuts him off. Freaking slacker! He could have caught up with them at any time. Willow, Ava, and Clancy follow Zack's trail. Their cheeks were red, noses running, and chests burning with each breath. Moments later, they are joined by Mike and Carl. The group emerges from the woods in sight of the Mill Pond Power Company. It is an unmistakable building providing power to the entire town, with a massive generator powered by the running river that fills the pond. They spot Sophie at the edge of the pond, in sight of the dog sitting at the waterline, looking out across the water. Zack sneaks up behind Sophie and grabs her. Sophie cries out, Zack! Phoebe! Zack tries to correct her and calm her. Sophie, you can't run off like that. I mean, you're chasing some dumb dog through the woods. You could have gotten lost and no one would have found you. 
Sophie throws her head back against his nose. Zach lets her go and rubs his nose. The little girl kicks him in the shin and makes her way to Phoebe. She is not a dog. She's a Phoebe. Why don't you people listen? The rest of the gang stand just feet away from Sophie in exhaustion. Sophie turns back to her sister and friends as she gestures for them to look at Phoebe. Look, Willow! The children watch in terror as the small dog sheds its skin as a tiny creature emerges from beneath the borrowed hide on the small brown-black long-haired chihuahua. The creature that emerges stands about a foot smaller than Sophie. They shake their heads, watching as the thick mucus holding the hide to the creature's body flowed to the ground beneath it. Its head was massive, with large black almond eyes and thin, frail, human-like limbs, but its stomach bumped out. Once the air outside hit its flesh, the color of its skin turned an avocado green mixed with veins of purple across its entire body. Mike, Willow, Zach, and June take a step back after the creature reveals to them. Willow yells at her sister, gesturing for her to come to her. Sophie, get away from that thing! Ava, Clancy, and Carl walk up to the creature, reaching out to touch it. The little creature approaches, looking up at the children surrounding it. The creature blinks its enormous eyes as it tilts its head side to side, holding a puzzled expression as it tries to understand the children while covering its need to them. The children feel slight dizziness in their head as a voice familiar to Sophie calls out with no words ever spoken aloud. The little creature points at Mill Pond. Mommy. Well, that was certainly something. We hope you enjoyed listening. So, until next time. This is the Wicked Things Podcast signing off.